0: It's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am, said a well-known boxer a long time ago. We can identify a lack of humility really well, can't we? We can tell when someone is not being humble, right? but, but humility is, is a little harder to define what, what it looks like. Right? It's easy to see what's not humility, but what is it? I think sometimes that we uh, identify humility or or think of the opposite of humility as being pridefulness, right? If you're not humble, you're proud. And and that's part of it. That's definitely in there. But it's bigger than that, isn't it? Uh, Sometimes we think of humility as as being, uh, you know, timid and meek. Or or maybe even when someone is self-deprecating, we think they're being humble and, and having humility but it's a little something different than that. The best definition I've ever come across of humility, and you've probably heard it too, is humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not thinking about yourself. You think about that. To not think about yourself, but to think about others first. And so the the opposite of humility then would be selfishness, right? So humility is the lack of selfishness. It's to be selfless, to be other-focused, to forget yourself. It's hard to identify, isn't it? And it's hard to see. Even, Even when we see someone have a humble attitude, what is your first thought Is that a true humility or a false humility, right? Are they just acting humble? I mean, what's their angle? What are they trying to get, right, by acting selfless? And we know humility is important because it's all over the Bible. More than 70 times the Bible talks about having a humble spirit, humbling ourselves, clothing ourselves with humility, right, before God and before each other in our relationships with one another. This is an important thing. And it's something that we have to identify we struggle with, right? We struggle because we judge others on their humility. And because we know in our hearts, this is not there. We know in our hearts that it's selfishness that rules and reigns. That I'm not thinking about others first, it's me first. And, And Jesus knows that too. And that's what he addresses in our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 14 this morning, is this humility or or the lack of it and how that impacts our relationships, our relationship with him and, and our relationships with each other. And this is this idea of humility this this concept of of what Christian humility is is impossible to cover in one sermon But we're going to take a look at two instances in this gospel lesson that Jesus says there's a lack of humility and what we can learn from it what he's teaching us So Jesus is at this party It's been invited by a well-known Pharisee, one of the teachers, one of the religious leaders, and it says in verse 1 in our Gospel lesson from Luke 14 that that they are carefully watching him. They they are trying to find some sort of fault with him. They want him to say something or do something so that they they can trap him and use that against him. But Jesus is there carefully watching too and what he observes is that when the people are coming into this party they are trying to take the places of honor in Jewish culture at this time where you were seated at a party said a lot about your status about your importance the closer you sat to the host more important you are and jesus is noticing that they are fighting for these seats closest to the host these places of honor. And Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, can't keep his mouth shut. Right? And so he, he tells a parable. He says, he interrupts this, 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 you know, fighting for these seats. And he says, hey, you guys, when you go to a wedding banquet, don't take the seats of honor. Because those seats might not be for you. And if you go and you take those seats... And they were really meant for somebody else of greater honor than you, you're going to have to move down to the lowest seat. You're going to have to move back by the bathrooms or, or maybe around the corner where you can't even see the bride and groom anymore. Instead, sit in those lowest seats first and then if one of those seats was meant for you, the host will come and he'll, he'll take you right up to the front and, and you will be honored in front of everybody. So what's Jesus teaching us here? What's Jesus saying to those Pharisees and to us? Well, he's certainly not talking about social graces. If you know anything about Jesus by now, you know he's not really into etiquette. And he's certainly not teaching us to have a false humility, that that, that we should take the lowest place so we secretly hope that we can be honored in front of others. But what Jesus is teaching here is about the attitude of those people's hearts. What these Pharisees were doing was trying to gain their recognition and their honor by their status, by what other people thought about them, by where they were sitting. They thought that their value and their worth were what other people thought about them. And we're no different, are we? Now, maybe it's not at a wedding banquet, right? Because if you go to the wedding banquet of a, a co-worker, you know that your seat is not at the head table. You know it's not even at one of the front tables with the family. You know it's in the back by the bathrooms, right? You're going to take that spot because you know that's a spot you, 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 where you should be, right? So, But it's, that's not the problem where we sit at a party. But it's the same hard problem. Because in search for self-esteem, we long for recognition. We care about what other people think about us and say about us. We find our honor and, and our worth and our value in what others think. Let me give you some Rhetorical questions, right? These are these are hypothetical situations, and I and I don't want you to answer them But but think about these things Do you work hard when your boss is watching you when he's in the office so you can get the pat on the back? And maybe get the race Do you treat your kids a little bit nicer in public so that people think why oh, they are really a kind loving parent aren't they? Do you love to see those little notifications pop up on your phone, right, for your social media? Oh, I got another like. I gotta go quick and look who liked my picture, right? Oh, and then you go and you look at your friend's page and, oh, their picture only got 40 likes and mine got 65 likes, right? I mean, if social media, Facebook, Instagram didn't have the like button, would you even have it, right? We love that, right? It's a little click of a button, a little thumbs up that people push and that just makes us feel good. Do you tell other people all your troubles and all your problems because secretly you want them to tell you how strong you are, that you can handle all these things, or, or maybe the opposite, you, you want them to commiserate with you on how terrible your life is? Do you tell a friend that you're praying for them, but you really have no intent in praying for them because you want to tell them what a caring, kind person you are? Do you tell people how you read your Bible every day so that they think, what a strong, faithful Christian this person is? Do you go and volunteer and give your time to, to serve other people and then you got to tell everybody about it in some way because, right, the, the humble brag. Right, I, I don't know if this, any of these are yours, but I know there's something. I know there's something in your life that you use to seek the recognition of others. To build up your self esteem, to make you have worth and value in the eyes of other people. We care about what people think about us. We care about what people say about us to our faces and to other people. That means a lot to us. And it's the lack of humility, it's not being other focused, it's being self focused. It's using relationships for my gain, for my good, for my glory. And and you've probably heard people say before, well, I don't care what people think about me. And maybe you've said that before, but you know what? You know what that reveals? You do. You care a lot about what people think of you. And it's a lack of humility when we have that attitude. That my relationships are there to serve me And Build me up. And Jesus says, no. Those who exalt themselves, those who use their relationships to try to gain recognition and honor and worth in the eyes of others, they will be humbled. That will be shown for what it is. But Jesus says, those who humble themselves, those who don't use their relationships for personal gain, selfish gain, for their own good, these will be exalted. These will find real and true and lasting honor. In our search for self-esteem, building ourselves up, we long for the recognition of others. We use our relationships for that. But Jesus isn't done. He goes on. And he turns from those, those people who are, who are jockeying for those best positions at that party, and he turns to the host. And he says to the host, hey, next time you have a party... Why don't you invite people who won't invite you back, who can't repay you in some way? You've invited your friends, you've invited your family members, you've invited your rich neighbors. Uh, Next time, invite people who can't pay it back. Instead of using your relationships for your own good, just give without thought of return. So, not only does Jesus teach us that in our self esteem, our search for self esteem, we long for recognition, but he also says in our self centeredness and just thinking about ourselves, we use our relationships and we look for repayment. We want to be repaid. Right? That attitude of what's in it for me. Again, some hypothetical questions for you to consider Do I help out my neighbor, my next door neighbor? so that he can owe me a favor? I do have that attitude of I love to have a pocket full of favors and I can call in anytime I need them. Right? Do you do the dishes, fold the laundry, clean the house because you're hoping that next time someone else does it, your wife or your kids, or well, maybe not your kids, uh, but that somehow you're going to get repaid, that somehow this me doing this action is going to result in me getting something. Do you ever think about how a relationship in your life where it just seems like I am giving and giving and giving, and all they're doing is taking and taking and taking? Why should I even be friends with that person? Do you give with the thought of wanting to receive? In our self-centeredness, we look for repayment. It's selfishness. It's using our own, our relationships for our own personal gain. And Jesus says that is a lack of humility. That is not being other-focused. That's being self-focused. That is not forgetting yourself. That's only thinking of yourself. What's in it for me is the attitude of our selfish, sinful hearts when we think about our relationships with others. And what's the result of these types of attitudes? I mean, what, what results when, when we are using our place and, and we're use, trying to feed our self esteem with recognition from others? What happens? What's the result when, in our self centeredness, we're just looking for repayment in our relationships? It's a sad way to live, isn't it? It's really unfulfilling. <laughs> And we know it's evil. We know it is not what God calls us to. We we hear it in the Bible all over the place. It really leaves you unsatisfied, doesn't it? If my relationships are all about me and serving me. A lack of humility leads to emptiness. It leads to dissatisfaction with myself, with my relationships. What if there's a better way? What if there would be a different way to think about our relationships and and what they're all about? Jesus gives us a different way. Jesus gives us himself. In our second lesson that we read from Philippians chapter 2, we hear the most amazing time miraculous time, shocking time that the one who was humbled was then exalted, that the one who put others before himself received honor and glory. It's on page seven of your service folder. I just want to go back to it because it's so important to what we're talking about here. If you want to look at it there, page seven, I'm going to start at verse six, right? So it says, who, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Think about that for just a moment. What this is saying. This Jesus, who is very God of very God, right, who is Origins are from ancient times, who is eternal, who is all-powerful, who created this world for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and took on flesh. He took on the nature of a servant. And he, the God of heaven himself, humbled himself to obedience. Obedience to every law of God. Obedience even to death on a cross. God himself humbles himself for you. You want to see what humility looks like? You want to define humility? Look at Jesus. The only man who's ever walked this earth to be truly, completely, perfectly humble. The only one who ever put others first all of the time. The only one, whoever, was always clothed in humility for you. But he did not stay in that humble state. Paul goes on in, in Philippians 2. Look at verse 9. He says, therefore, because he did this, because he humbled himself to death for you. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This Jesus did not stay humbled, but the one who humbles himself was exalted rose victorious from the grave, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, the Father, where he has all power and all authority, before whom every knee must bow for what he has done for all people. This Jesus who humbled himself, he was exalted again. And you know why? It was for you. To assure you that you too have an exaltation in your future. That because he humbled himself and was obedient to death, you know that you will be exalted. That because he has been exalted into heaven, you too will be exalted there too. You see what this means? It means that when we think about our lives and we think about our relationships, we can let go. Of selfishness. We can let go of self-centeredness. We can let go of this need and this desire to feed our self-esteem. We can let go of these in view of the resurrection. Think about what that means for your life. Think about what that means for your relationships. Jesus says here that when you look to me and you focus on me, that your relationships are not about you, that your life in this world does not revolve around just serving you, but instead your relationships are an opportunity to serve without thought of what it means for me, you'll be blessed. He says it right there at the end of our lesson. Look at verse 14 of chapter 14. When you do this, right? When you're not thinking about repayment and how other people can, 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 will be, you know, bless you through what you do, he says, you will be blessed. Although these people, they can't repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Friends, you don't need to seek the approval of others. You don't need to To try to find recognition in what other people say about you or think about you. Because your Heavenly Father looks at you, and you know what He sees? He sees His Son. He sees the righteousness of Christ when He looks at you. And He says, You are loved you are forgiven and you are redeemed and you are an heir of eternal life. You have the promise of a resurrection. You don't need the recognition of everybody else around you. You already have your father's recognition that you are his, that you are his child now and forever. And no amount of likes on Facebook and no amount of flattering words from other people can even begin to compare Because your heavenly Father says you are valuable to Him. And friends, you don't need to concern yourself with repayment. You don't have to look at your relationships and think about what's in it for me. Because in Christ, you have everything you can ever ask for or ever imagine. In Christ, you have forgiveness for every time that you have been selfish and you have lacked humility. And instead, you have had selfish ambition and conceit and pride forgiven at the cross. You don't have to worry about repayment and what's in it for me in your relationships because in Jesus, you have the promise of a resurrection to eternal life. It's yours, it's a gift. What else do you need? Think about how this changes how we look at our relationships. When you know what awaits you, you know there is a resurrection of the righteous, you who are holy through God's sight through Jesus, think about how that impacts how you look at other people and how you interact with them. Just consider how much peace that would bring to relationships, how much peace that would bring right to your own heart. Right, That I don't have to use this relationship for recognition for myself or to gain value for myself. I don't have to use this relationship um, to, to, to re, be repaid and get what's coming to me because I have everything in Christ already. What does Jesus mean here about being repaid at the resurrection of the righteous? Uh, it it kind of sounds like that, that we get repaid because we're humble. Right? That somehow, because of the way we live, that, that, that's going to make things better for us with God. And of course that's not true. You know that, because we are received by God and accepted by God and loved by God because of what Jesus has done for us, because of his humility for us. So what does Jesus mean here? That we will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. What is this that Jesus wants us to look forward to and to set our sights on and to, to filter through the lens of all of our relationships with? Think about a little later. It wouldn't be much longer after this occasion where Jesus would be teaching his disciples about Judgment Day, about the last day, and what's going to happen on that day. And he says that on that day, going to be the people on the right are going to come before him, and he's going to point out all the things they did. All the things that the righteous, he says, the believers did in their lives things that were done in humility, things that were done as acts of faith because they already, already had everything in Jesus. He says, he says that you went and you, you closed those who need clothes and you, and you fed those who were hungry and you, and, you, and you gave drink to those who were thirsty and you visited those in prison and you, and you went and you took care of the sick and you invited in the stranger and they're going to say, when did we do these things? And Jesus is going to say, when you did them for others, you did them for me. Come, you who are blessed by my Father in heaven. Come and take the inheritance that is yours. Come and join me in heaven. Jesus says you will be be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. As Jesus looks to our deeds of faith, done in faith, done without thought of reward, without thought of what's in it for me, without thought of, oh, I got to get recognized for this, things that are done in faith, Jesus says, these things will be honored. When we are resurrected to eternal life, Jesus will say, you did these things in faith for me. Do you realize how that changes everything? When we focus on that resurrection when we focus on not bringing glory to ourselves, but glory to God, right? When our relationships are not for my gain and my good, but for the good and the gain of others, how that frees you. The resurrection has to reshape our relationships, right? It has to make us look differently at how we live with each other and talk with each other and what we do with each other and for each other. And now I know you might be thinking, well, if I live like that, if I look at my relationships like that, I'm just going to be a doormat. Everyone's just going to walk all over me. Right? People are just going to take advantage of me if I'm thinking about others before myself because everybody else is just thinking about themselves. Well, you know what? Let me be blunt here. Who cares? Who cares what other people think? All that matters is what God thinks about you. Remember, humility is not thinking of yourself less. Your Heavenly Father says you are valuable. You are worth the price of His Son's innocent blood. You have eternal value in His eyes. But true humility is thinking of yourself less. That I don't need to think about myself because God has already done everything and gives me everything I need in Christ Jesus my Savior. I know the promise that he makes to me that I get to live with him forever. There will be a resurrection of the righteous that I am looking forward to, and now my life is set free to serve. To not think about my own interests, but the interests of others. To see this love and this humility that God himself has had for me and say, How can I share that with everyone? The resurrection has to reshape our relationships. Think about this this week, friends. Pray on this this week. Think about in your marriage, with your children, right, with your neighbors, with your friends, with, with the stranger, with those in need. How can I glorify God? How can I seek the good of others knowing that I have Everything. I don't need repayment, I don't need recognition. Jesus promises me everything. He gives me everything. In his grace, in his goodness, he has given me faith to go on to live. To go on to live for him. Amen.